Legends Over is a podcast where we explore the fascinating world of urban legends, conspiracy theories, and campfire tales to find out if there are any truths behind the legends. With dark humor and natural curiosity, we tackle the darkened streets of the town we all know. Welcome to the town with no name. This is Two Towns Over. It's I've only seen DBZ abridged and Sword Art Online abridged, and that's it. If they they basically make Alucard Archer. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It's like those series are almost dead. It feels like to me. That's why we're going to bring it back with Castlevania no, Bridge. We have to come up with newer jokes. We have to come up with better, newer jokes, though. Because people are like, we've heard these once. Damn it. Fair. It's hard to come up with original comedy. It is very hard. Yeah. To come up with comedy. It's hard. But yet it comes naturally to you. No, it doesn't. I'm, I'm riffing off of shit that I listen to. So, thank you, all the people that I'm standing on your shoulders right now. <laughs> Well, I feel like I sh- shouted them out in our previous, uh, now, our previous podcast, Tangents, that didn't really work out that much, um, but I think I've mentioned it before, w- uh, like, a lot of the podcasts that I listen to, a lot of people that influence, like, the way I speak, you know? Well, let's stand on some shoulders again. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Don, and welcome to Two Towns Over. I'm also Ruben. I'm dyslexic and trying to figure out which order I need to hit these elevator buttons in to take me to a world where COVID doesn't exist. I mean, that's a good segue. That is. And very topical. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, quite for So We're going to hit those metrics, people. Yeah. So today we're going to talk to you guys about the elevator game. Yeah. And yeah. It's not a backdoor COVID podcast, peeps. Sorry. No. <laughs> no. no. Wait, we started recording unannounced. I don't have my notes. I took notes this week. <laughs> well, that's good because, you know, we got to we gotta get Unannounced into it. is my favorite way to start recording. I yeah. actually had to. I actually listened to like four podcasts that do that, and uh, I had to convince Don that that's how we were going to do our podcasting. And I did it, and he got pissed the first time I did it. Because he was not, he didn't get it quite yet. <laughs> he does now. Like, sometimes I can see him click, sometimes I can't. That's what we wanted. <laughs> <laughs> so today, we're like I said, we're going to talk about the elevator game, and the elevator game, we're going to have to bend your mind just a tad, because we've also got to talk about theoretical physics. Yum. Yes. Yeah, oh, that's actually some shit I'm into. Yes, and 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 uh, what is it? The infinite dimensions and the alternate dimensions. Hey, by the way, I'm into popular theoretical physics, not actual theoretical physics. There's a huge difference. Get off my dick. And what is that difference? The difference is I can talk about theoretical physics um, slightly better than an average stoner, but way, way less than even a person who is in college for it. Dude, that is exactly the level of knowledge that I have about everything. That's the best level of knowledge I have found. Yeah, it's it's the jack of all, master of mm-hmm. none. Mm-hmm. I can hold a conversation with a theoretical physicist. I'll be asking a lot of questions, but I can hold that conversation. I understand the concepts, not the math. Is the thing. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> I tried to read a uh, brief history of time by Stephen Hawking's. Yeah. And I was like, no. Mm. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a slog. It is, as they say. Yeah. yeah no. Started- when he started talking about uh, when somebody bounces a ball on a train and to you sitting there, the ball's moving some, I was like, what? I apologize to anyone with misophonia, um, phobia, misophonia, 
uh, Don um, has informed me that he can hear me drinking even from, I don't know, three feet away from the mic. <laughs> so we've got a Ruben has to get up and go to another room to take a sip of his water. Well, here's the beautiful thing. I can just do a noise reduction when you swallow oh, nice. and, and delete it. Good. But um, Well, I'm sorry, Don. That's okay. Yeah. So, uh, so for those who may not know what the idea of, of, of parallel dimensions is, basically the idea is, is that every decision every human being on the planet makes splits the universe into a different. So there's a di- so there's parallel worlds, and then there's the parallel dimensions. It's slightly different. the The difference is is that. In parallel dimensions, you could theoretically travel between the dimensions, and they would not be very different from each other. And in parallel worlds, if you could travel between the parallel universes, you could. It would theoretically be very, very different physically from it's, yours. There's, there's the one that you think about when you basically eat dimension- an edible that's way stronger than you thought it would be, <laughs> and yeah. you're like, man, the world would be so different right now if like. Yeah. Like when I walked into the kitchen five minutes ago, like if I if I tripped, so what would it change? Yeah, <laughs> the infinite dimensions is based on the basically choices that are made or events that occur that can occur in one of many one or two or many different ways. A butterfly flaps its wings. Yes, that's the parallel and dimensions. Everything changes. The infinite worlds theory is a little different because. Every world would have spawned from the Big Bang and split off then, so they may potentially be very similar or very different from our one. Then what is it when everybody talks about, like, we're living on the darkest timeline? That's dimensions. Dimensions. Mm -hmm. Most of the shit that you're talking about when you're talking about, like, stoner physics, that's dimensions. (laughs) Stoner physics. That's just how how air works when you pull smoke through water mm-hmm. that's stoner physics that's fluid fluid <laughs> dynamics baby because i actually saw something that i wanted to bring up you know everybody says that this is the darkest timeline you've heard that before oh of course yeah we I live in the worst darker, timeline i have a darker timeline oh boy you guys don't remember because it happened before you were born but i'm sure, sure you've heard of the challenger oh Space of course challenger and the explosion yeah. yeah and you heard how chris mccullough the first um non-astronaut teacher was on the Challenger. Yes. And it was like a big deal. So all the kids were watching. We still learned about this yeah. in okay. school. Yeah, yeah. They they taught us about this. Did you know that Chris McCullough was not the original plan? Oh Mm-mm. no. The original plan was Big Bird. What? Yes. Like the like the actor the actual, for Big Bird. The, no, no, no. The whole thing. The actor, the costume, the guy would be going up into space as Big Bird. What fucking stoner worked at NASA? That's that what was I'm like, saying. Who fucking listen? Everything I hear about NASA is like these are the <laughs> smartest fucking stoners on the planet. Like literally, literally every fucking scientist at NASA is the coolest fucking person you've ever seen. Like given in interviews and like YouTube videos and shit, they're the coolest. Like we need to and send also, somebody important to space. They have the space. craziest ideas, dude. <laughs> We're gonna like, send Big Bird. But Big the, Bird. The whole reason that it didn't happen was because they could not get an act, you know, a a a, a spacesuit that was big enough to fit to the costume hold that would Big actually Bird. Work. Fuck. But could <laughs> wouldn't you... you just do it backward? Wouldn't you make a Big Bird suit to fit a c- astronaut uniform? Then it wouldn't be the real Big Bird, man. Yeah. yeah, you could just okay, but seriously though, for real, <laughs> but for real, put it okay. It's cameras, so you can do force perspective. So, like, astronaut, 
in astronaut suit, mm-hmm. big big bird costume over astronaut suit yeah. in its own big bird astronaut costume built in. So like he's got a little bubble I head. So I feel you know like saying? the vacuum of space would like ruin the suit. Sure, sure. That's what I'm. But like, please but, show no, me big bird no, on a spacewalk. <laughs> he wouldn't take it into the vacuum of space if he's an actor. Yeah. They're not gonna let him do a spacewalk. Well, they fucking should. No, nah, they're not going to do that. Well, it doesn't well, matter because then there's no reason to even. Send That's Big fair. Bird. He would have died. So could you imagine? Thank God, Big Bird didn't die on national television, exactly. huh, guys? With a bunch of third oh graders my watching. God. <laughs> that would that would have been the darkest timeline for sure. <laughs> yes, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So all mm-hmm. this, this, this theoretical physics and all this, we've all just explained. It's really hard to understand and comprehend. But what if I was to tell you? That there was a way to see another dimension right now. And that you I would say, Don, what is this revolutionary new technology? Well, this revolution technology can be found in any building anywhere in the world, as long as it's over two stories. Ten. Ten. Right? Well, I'm well, saying the the, uh, the, 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 technolo- the technology right. is in any building that is more than two stories or more than one story. What what is this technology called, Donathan? It's called an elevator. Amazing. Yes. What does it do? <laughs> an elevator goes up and down. It's <gasps> not a wonk evader, dumbass. Like your mom. <laughs> hey. <laughs> My mom is dead. Yeah, well. Wow. <laughs> that means she won't mind that I've made a joke about her. <laughs> Wow, maybe this is the darkest timeline. It is, it yeah, is no. the darkest timeline. Dude, did you know that is literally uh what my mom when when your mom jokes were big, I was in uh like fourth grade maybe. And uh a bunch of your mom jokes happened and me being the only little half black kid in the school, uh half white, excuse me, it was a black school. So half white kid in the school, um they were making a whole bunch of your mom jokes. About my mom, and I didn't understand that that was like the thing to do right at the time. And I got real mad one day, and I, I got, got so very upset about your mom jokes every time. Yeah. I got so mad. I got real mad, and my mom came home, and I went to my mom, and she was like, "Why are you mad?" And I was like, "They were they were calling you names and stuff." And she was like, "Okay," and I was like, "Okay, why aren't you mad?" She was like, first of all, I'm your mom. I'm an adult, and second of all." Uh, do they know me? And I was like, no. She's like, well, am I their mom? No. Well, why do I care what they say? <laughs> and that revolutionized my whole life. I think about that every day, literally every single day. I think about, well, do they know me? Then why do I give a shit? The, yeah, the moment that your mother decided not to give a fuck and yeah, it, it really like, sunk like in. Tangibly. Not like talking about, I don't give a fuck, but getting mad like a teenager at a game. Like, I don't care. And then throw your controller. Like, like she for real did not give a shit. And I was like, oh, well, that seems better. So I did that. <laughs> I think Patrick Starr taught me that. Dude lives under a literal rock. He is my idol. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. I'm starting a podcast, and I wish I wasn't <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> if, if we get famous for real, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to regret this. I want to pay my bills, not get famous. Okay. Well, we'll just never show your face. That's good. I like that. I'll be like, see ya. I'll wear a weird wig. (laughs) (laughs) Is that even relevant anymore? I don't know. I don't think so. But, so the concept of today's um, legend is the elevator game. Nice. So, some of people call it the elevator to another world. 
Mm-hmm. Some people call it the elevator to hell. Uh, some people call it the elevator ritual. But no matter what the name is, the concept is always the same. By riding an elevator alone and visiting a handful of floors in a particular order, as you go, you can transport yourself to another dimension entirely. You know what's crazy about this idea? I think we talked about this, but the, the craziest thing about this idea to me is that in principle, you cannot disprove this one. I cannot prove that me living moment to moment is not happening in a new dimension every four seconds or whatever period of time. Like, it's unprovable. You could not possibly detect it with the amount of technology and understanding that we have. So, like, you, listener, the one who probably just smoked a blunt before this, like me, if you're doing it right, you could be living in this body today, and tomorrow you wake up, in what feels like to you to be the same body and world and existence, but something's different. Your wife has one gray hair. You couldn't find it, but it's there. It's different. So, like, we can't say that that's not happening right now. You just couldn't know. Ruben talked about stoner physics, if you can't tell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be the first time we've ever had a mid-episode warning uh, if you are not stoned right now, you're doing it wrong. You, you might, maybe it think, might help. It may, might help. Maybe rethink your choices in life, <laughs> because right now I'm staring at Ruben like a dog being shown a card trick. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've never so, heard that one before. <laughs> well, so that theory, yes, okay, you can't tell. With the elevator game, you can tell because well, the dimension is. Well, once we start putting the the ooky spooky stuff on it, yeah, sure. The, but the I'm saying, boogies. in theory, yeah, yeah, I could. I- anytime you step off of an elevator in real life, you really switch dimensions. You would never know. It does feel that way too, though, doesn't it? Like when you're in an elevator and the doors close, it. People maybe talk about it. these these altered states of reality. Yeah, almost maybe every in. time you step out of your hotel room and you're like, "Wait a minute! I thought the fucking carpet was green and it's orange." Maybe that's a new dimension, my friend. There may be an explanation for that, and we're never going to get to the concept. That's okay. Episode. That's okay. We knew we wouldn't. <laughs> there's a there's a theory. Uh-huh. Okay, so time is like a river. Yep. It doesn't matter because the idea is time travel doesn't exist. Because if time travel existed... We would know that time travel existed. always existed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But... Yeah. Time is a river. This episode is very dangerous for us because <laughs> we could get into... Some true minutia, because I actually do understand some of the math behind the time travel <laughs> stuff. So, like, we're gonna—I'm gonna just let Don, Don talk, and I'm gonna just try not to say shit for the next—I don't know—three minutes. We're never gonna get to today's actual. It's not story. gonna happen. Let's keep. No, we're gonna get there. <laughs> but time is a river, so there's a, there's a starting point, and it goes in one direction, mm-hmm. just like a river. Mm-hmm. If you throw a rock in a river, <clears throat> the river is gonna move itself around that rock and continue. It doesn't affect the river itself. Yeah, like, there might be ripples, but, like, it'll settle. Right. But what would be affected by that rock would be something that came into contact with that rock. Okay? Yeah. So, like, a fish. If a fish gets hit by the rock, it's going to remember the rock, and that rock affects it. Yes. So, the idea is the Mandela effect. Mm-hmm. What if that this Mandela is another good one. is people who were affected by something being changed in time... And they just remember bits and pieces of it, like Shazam starring Sinbad. Like, you don't, the fish doesn't know what the rock is or who threw it or why, but it knows that something heavy hit it on its noggin. Right. 
Uh, so what you're talking about, this is basically the plot of Donnie Darko. Yes. Is it uh, not? It, I well, I've never seen Donnie Darko. I, I think D- it's Donnie for good Darko, reason. yeah, Donnie Darko's phenomenal. It's good if you read all the shit that you were supposed to read to get it. Right. <laughs> or if you watch it after having had other people explain it to you. Yeah. It's it's, it's a one of one. them. It's like Primer. Never seen Primer. Primer's a time travel Primer. one that doesn't make a whole lot of sense unless you read a bunch of nonsense on the internet. Okay. So, all right. So hold on. Let me. <laughs> all right. So let's get back to what we're Don doing. has not Don smoked since smoke the weed. goddamn seventies. <laughs> 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 Don't let his sound effects Don't let fool, him you. fool you. <laughs> he only looks like he smokes a pound a day. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna call you out like that d <laughs> so anyway all right so the origins of the elevator game getting back on track are a bit fuzzy though it is widely accepted that the game originated in an east asian country with south korea being the most popular opinion though japan seems to be the actual source because the earliest mention of the game appears to be november 22nd 2008 on a Japanese forum. Wow. 2CH. That's random. Yeah, it's 2chan. Okay. It's what 4chan was based on. Okay. So, from what I know about 4chan, there are actual rules that this game has to be followed by. And buckle in. Yep. Also, it would make sense if they say East Asia. They've got a fuck ton of elevators there, and they had them way sooner than we did. And not to mention, most of the greatest legends comes from Asia. They really do. That's fair. Uh, They've had a very long time in a very isolated part of the world to come up with crazy shit. Exactly. It's made them inherently better storytellers than the West. I I don't know if they're better, but I do think that they are... They're like... It's like if, if the 80s video games and the 90s video games were happening, but at the same time, the 80s video games are going to have longer to catch up in the 2000s. Like, they're going to have longer to be better. Mm-hmm. The 90s video games are really just going to be 90s video games for a while because they're baby ba- baby video games or whatever. Yeah. So, like, yeah, the, the Japan is like Nintendo. Nintendo's been making games for since, since Hanafuda cards. And, like, you know, uh, uh, American games are EA, if that helps. Okay. I don't know what Hanafuda cards is. Hanafuda cards I, is a very ancient game. Don't worry about it. But I've even noticed, like, when, because I, I love ghostly stuff. So, you know, I watch all these real ghosts caught on tape. Oh, yeah. Japan is way better at holding than us for sure. I tend to notice that the, the ghost hunters in Japan, those, even if they're fake, mm-hmm. they're so they are. much better. You know? Well, we can we can also talk about how in America these things like ghosts and ghost hunting and like the scary stories mm-hmm. are a lot of the times. Um, <clears throat> spoiler alert: It's about white people. Uh, <laughs> no, for real. Like the American experience for like campfire stories and horror stories is like you are getting invaded in your own home, or like you you go or you go into so like. Somebody comes to take the shit you took from somebody else. Or, you know, everybody has the home invader because that's the shit that, you know, anywhere in the world that there's people, they'll have that. But America has these horror stories of, like, like you go to somewhere unfamiliar and that place, like, basically, guerrilla warfare is all of our horror. The, the monster, natives... 
know the land or the area or the hospital or whatever better than you know it and can kill you even if you could take it in a fight. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So, like, they're... It's, and then in Japan, a lot of their horror is, like, radiation-based. Like, a lot of their monsters are, like... It's body gross horror. Gross and deformed. It's a lot more body horror rather than psychological horror. Mm. So, like, in America, the psychological horror is something that I am not aware of could kill me at any time. Yeah. Right. In this unfamiliar place. And then in, in Japan, Japan you end up more with, like, the Junji Ito type yes. stuff where it, it's body horror. It's The people that I know are very actually horrific way. Things or something can happen to me. And I think that makes it scarier in the West because mm-hmm. it's not the kind of horror that we we're are not used to, to here. <laughs> exactly. But so, okay. So here are the rules of the game. You have to enter an elevator alone. So you have to do this alone. Consider it done. Okay. Uh, first of all, you have to be in a building with at least 10 floors. Okay. okay. I think I can manage. Uh, oh, wait, it says, or with your friends, but no one else. So you and your friends, we could do it together. I don't. I don't like this already. The rules seem a little bit fudgeable. Well. This is a dark ritual. I'm familiar with those. Normally, they have very strict rules. Well, it says, okay, it just has to be you and the people who are planning to do it. How's that? Okay. All right. So you and your travel It's about intent. Yeah. Which most most magic is about intent. So you you, you wish real hard, basically. Right. If if the elevator door is open and there's someone else already on there, don't do it. I'm being facetious. I do know. I get it. All right. So you do not get out. You have to get in on the first floor. All right? Uh-huh. Do not get out on any of the floors. What if I'm in Europe? Do I get on the ground floor or floor one? <laughs> oh, God damn no, it. This is very important for the ritual. The ground fucking floor. Yeah, All right, floor. sweet. All right. Sea level, basically. Okay. If any outsiders get on the elevator while you're doing this, you have to start over. Oh. Okay. Well, okay. So here's the order. First of all, you have to press the fourth floor. All right. Go to the fourth floor. Then you push the second floor. Okay. Go to the second floor. Mm-hmm. Then you push the sixth floor. Okay. Then you return to the second floor. Four, two, six, two. Right. Then you ascend to the tenth floor. Forty-two, sixty-two, ten. All right. And then you go to the fifth floor. Okay. When you reach the fifth floor, it's then that people report encountering a young woman. You're instructed not to look at or interact with her. She may or may not try talking to you, asking for help, or antagonizing you. Then you push the button for the first floor. Two things might happen. If the elevator descends to the first floor, exit the elevator immediately. I'm sorry. 42, 62, 10, 5. A young woman. Don't acknowledge her. Right. Then what? Then go back to the first floor. Or hit floor 1. Okay. Once you hit floor 1, one of two things will happen. Okay. Either the elevator will go to the first floor. If that happens... It didn't work. You get off and do not look back or say anything. Okay. Or the elevator. Can starts... I try in a different building? Yeah. Okay. I mean, so you we... could probably try again in that building. Okay. Gotcha. If the elevator starts to go up, you've been allowed into the other side. Nice. When you reach the 10th floor, things might look slightly different. Cool. No one else will be there. The power may be out. Some players claim to look out the window and only see a red cross in the distance. Bro, do you know what I would fucking... I would kill for, like, four people. That Like, I wish I had a friend who owned a hotel so that I could do this to someone. <laughs> like, for real, though. Like, for real, at night, send them up, and then, like, 
have them somehow program the elevator to go up instead of down just on the last fuck one. With them. Just heavily fuck yeah. with them. <laughs> like just and then put a red cross on every window. Like <laughs> all type of shit. Cut the fucking breaker to floor ten. All all of it. Now you can stay on the elevator and just reverse everything and go back down. You mm-hmm. can be done. Mm-hmm. Or if you choose to get off the elevator. You should ignore any attempts by the woman on the elevator with you to question or stop you. Word. So what happens if... if what you... if she's warning me that it's dangerous, Don? Ignore her. What if she's asking... You what if she looks like my don't mom... Don't fucking talk to her, Ruben. And she's like, she's saying that like she's going to die if I get out of the elevator, Don. I don't care if she says she wants to blow you. Well, Don, if she says she wants to blow me, I'm going to believe she's a demon. <laughs> <laughs> because this is what happens no if one you says talk that anymore. to the woman in the elevator game. Oh, okay. If you've heard one thing about the elevator game from friends or well-meaning strangers on the internet, it's probably not to acknowledge the woman on the elevator, which we've already said multiple times. Mm-hmm. It there's, seems to be important. There's a lot of lore surrounding this part of the game. Some say the woman appears to them as someone they know. Some people swear that even just looking at the woman led to damning consequences. This is why I can't listen to horror stories, is because, you guys, I've never, ever, ever heard this before. Like, he told me about the hitting buttons, but I've never heard, like, the details of this before. And I already knew that when he said there was a woman you weren't supposed to acknowledge, that she would either be something that you had to look at and turn into salt, or, like, (laughs) if you talk to her... Uh, you'll die, or like she's gonna look like your mom, or your sister, or your girlfriend, or like your something. You know what I mean? Like it's the tropes are too. It's like like Josh was saying. I'm way too used to the American horror tropes to get into mm-hmm. it anymore. You know, we got to come up with some new stuff. So, if you choose to stay in the elevator and not explore, you just press the button for the first floor and return home. Right. Okay. You might have to keep pressing the button to get it to work. If you choose to get off the elevator and explore. There are a few rules to follow in order to properly return to your home. Uh-huh. You must use the same elevator you used when you went up. Right. Okay. That makes sense to me. Follow steps two through seven, finishing on the fifth floor. So you do the same sequence, 42, 62, 10, 5. Uh-huh. When you reach the fifth floor, press the button to return to the first floor. The elevator will attempt to return you to the tenth floor. Instead, begin pressing other floor numbers to stop the elevator before you reach the tenth floor. Right. Proceed to the first floor again. Upon reaching the first floor, check your surroundings. If anything seems off, even the smallest detail, do not get off the elevator. Repeat step two until all things look normal. Once you're confident you've returned to the real world, you exit the elevator. Okay? What if I want... Okay, so there's multiple... So, okay, in this game, are there versions where it's only one other dimension? Or are there versions where it's all other dimensions? Like I can do multiple dimensions on one elevator, or like no, it's, just it's this, this one, specific dimension. Yes, okay, just the, dimension. the weird tenth floor dimension. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So what happens if you decide to exit the elevator? Well, that's up for debate. Assumably, I get to explore this cool dimension that nobody's in. There's a lot of reports from people who have played the game that corroborate some aspects. For example, people reported that all their electronics ceased to work. Okay. So of course, you can't take pictures. Sure. Uh, that there was no sound, no smell, no lights, and no other people. If that's the case, how would you know? Well, I mean... We're human, so if there's no sound, no smell, and no light, 
That's our three main senses, my well, G. Well, by light, they mean there's no like lights in the building. Okay. You can still see. I got you. You, you can yeah. see from the, the from light the glowing of the red glowing cross. red cross yes, outside. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a hospital, by the way. That's, that's... <laughs> I, th- I thought it was a Klan rally. <laughs> ah! Ah! Also pretty good. Not on the 10th floor, my dude. I mean, if you're looking... And he th- said it was in the sky. Flying Klansman. That's fair. It is a new dimension. It's, it's, that's the new movie on sci-fi. <laughs> Flying Klansman, yeah. huh? <laughs> wow. Are they the good guys or the bad guys? Uh, it's, I don't know. You'll have to watch the movie and see. What do they call Sci-fi's it? Sci-fi's new it's original like, movie. Instead of uh, instead of Thundercats Ho, it's Klansman Rally. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> You haven't seen the promotional posters for it yet? No, not yet. Uh, I'll believe it when Klansmen fly. <laughs> no, it would definitely be Japanese. It would be like Denjiro the Klansman son or something. <laughs> so, um, like I said, some report that they only, the only only thing that they can see is the aforementioned Red Cross lit up in the distance. But no matter the case, the legend states that the longer you stay in this dimension, the more you will forget the dimension you came from till eventually... You'll forget how to get back, leaving you forever trapped in this alternate universe. Nice. I'm down for that. Right. Now. I'm willing to get a little bit freaky. Okay. Sweet. Where'd Ruben go? <gasps> no. Oh. Um, oh. Now, obviously, there should be no truth to this story. Well, the one one big truth to this story is that if you I try forgot to... that we do a true one. Yeah. We do one where we talk about real shit. Yeah. Like this is crazy to me. Uh, the the true aspect is that if you attempt to play this game, you will get kicked out of the hotel because That's people fair. really don't appreciate it when you get in elevators and start pressing random buttons and then scream at them when they don't need to go to the same floor as you do for the elevator game. And so that's why um if we ever get to a point where we can tour the podcast we can't stay at any hotels in this town <laughs> i uh yeah no I, I i went i went really hard on my research for this so we are no longer allowed at the marriott uh the <laughs> omni we're we? no longer allowed at, oh yeah yeah i showed them you guys pictures you're oh. on the wall too damn it i can just cut my hair he did me dirty yeah, yeah. And shave yeah well the same my hair will be a dead giveaway forever. Well, you just well, you can I stay, am in the you middle stay of the Motel Six. I'm in the middle of growing a beard, so I'll just let my hair grow out and it'll be fine. Ruben and I are going to the Ritz. Baby. I heard that shit. <laughs> oh, nope, nope, that one too. They've they've got your pictures. Ah. So um, there are I'll put some... on that weird that weird skin whitening cream from Jamaica, and it'll be fine. I also I did attempt to fight several women who got on the elevator at floor five. <laughs> they. Uh, they really That has to be the fun part of this, right? I like, I had to try every angle. So like the first time a woman got on it, didn't I just like put my face directly in the corner of the elevator? That's creepy. And she as she yeah, you know, she was she was really confused. She did try to talk to me. She that's, was asking Yeah, cuz why wouldn't you? She was asking if I was okay. Yes, but that's I, I knew exactly I wasn't supposed to say. talk to her. And then I was like, okay, well it didn't get me to an alternate dimension this time, so next time I'll try to talk to the woman and I think she was on crack. Uh, so yeah, you got to tweak her. Yeah, and that's that. That was that was the Ritz. Where <laughs> yeah, of course it was. It's the but one it where you help can that you scream back away from me, Hellspawn. <laughs> Were you there? I, I how do, how come I didn't get the anyway? Um, no, not in this dimension. That has to be the fun part of this for people, right? Of the. Of the scary stories is like going out and doing the Bloody Mary and doing the elevator. It's game a and thing stuff. that you can accessibly 
attempt to do. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. So because maybe that's why I never got into this stuff is because I was never that adventurous as a child or a teenager. Or an adult. <laughs> I was too skeptical as a kid. Yeah. I have always been so skeptical as yeah. a kid where people tell me about these urban legends at the lunch table like, in third grade. And I'm life like, dude, is you're worse fucking than stupid. That. Like, <laughs> life is worse than that and you're gullible. Well, see, I grew up that there was, my dad told me that he saw a ghost when I was a kid. So Yeah, I, I got yeah. told by people that they saw ghosts and stuff like adults, but like, I live in the country. Or I did back, you know, 10 years ago before Target got here. It was but, just Klansman. Yeah, it was Klansman too. The <laughs> rallying, I could see. Yeah, Th- those were the uh, the underground Klansmen. Mm-hmm. They really went the other direction with the flying Klansmen. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, Klansman two return of the Underground Railroad, guys. There you go. <laughs> so, <laughs> God damn it! So there are. All right. So again, I keep these hits coming all day, baby. <laughs> there should be no truth to the story, but there are some people who believe that in 2013, okay. the world bore witness to someone performing the game. Who subsequently disappeared and was found days later dead. This is another thing that is crazy to me about this one is that uh, at how recent it is. Yeah, two thousand eight. You said 13. earlier was the first mention of yeah, the it. first mention of it. And like in by two thousand thirteen, it's caught on enough to like mm-hmm. potentially kill someone. Yeah, we'll see how that wins. It's cool too to see the young urban legends like this because they're mm-hmm. still kind of in their infancy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like the young them. ones too because they incorporate things knowledge about things like i don't know cell phones i don't know now i want i want to give a disclaimer Mm -hmm. before we get any further that we are in no way stating that elisa lamb died performing the elevator game she clearly didn't she didn't yeah i was gonna say the part of this podcast that's coming up is the part where she didn't do the she it wasn't the elevator game a lot of this is gonna be us debunking it because everybody who knows anything about this case saw the uh the footage of Elisa Lamb in the in elevator. The, in the elevator. Yeah. And she clearly was not playing the elevator game. Right. Like she was pressing all the buttons mm-hmm. on the elevator. We'll, we'll get to the footage. Yeah. But yeah, we're going to have to talk clear. about this because I've never heard about this case. Okay. So, and case, I want to say like that it would actually, it's a, it's a huge disservice to her and her family to suggest that this is what actually caused her death. As, we as are show. most of the conspiracy theories that yes. we're going to talk about, because I went down some rabbit holes. Yeah, that's what I like about our podcast, is that I get to be like, some occasionally, we have to talk about things like Nazis, Yeah, but sometimes I get to like spend an episode debunking a thing, and then telling you guys to stop being assholes about your fun <laughs> thing. Like, because I, that's, that's my role in this world, is like... Do I like One Piece fanatically? Yes. Am I an asshole about it to other people who also like One Piece? Or yes. no, I'm not at all. <laughs> no, because like, don't be a dick. Like, don't be a dick. Just because you like these horror stories does not mean that you get to pick out news articles about real people who are actually dead and like paste, copy paste your bullshit Slenderman shit onto it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and we did the Slenderman episode. I know that's not what happened for Slenderman, but like, you don't get to do that. That's not that's real lives that you're playing with now and you don't that's not okay. Right. Now before we jump all the way into Elisa Lamb, um, did you get the uh the bits about um what inspired the elevator game? No, I didn't. Okay, so um in two thousand six, uh two years before the elevator game became a thing on forums uh in Japan. Um, there was an elevator in the, uh, Minato ward of Tokyo, Mm -hmm. um, an elevator 
for some reason, due to a mechanical issue, rose on its own, killing a 16-year-old student. Following, there was a really, really small survey um, around Tokyo. And, and when I say small, I mean this survey used like less than 40 people. It was not a good sample size. Hey, but, you, what do you think? Right, ex- exactly. Well, it was among u- university students. And 65% of them all said that they felt uneasy or unsafe using elevators following uh, that 16-year-old student's death. Yeah, wouldn't you? They didn't, right. shouldn't have had to do a survey for that. It, hey, one of our elevators malfunctioned and killed a person. How comfortable do you feel using our elevators? That happened just Not shortly very. before I went on our last cruise, on Carnival Cruise Line. There was a guy who was working on top of an elevator. He was like, he was a maintenance man. Mm-hmm. And something happened and the elevator started to move. Ooh, and it actually crushed him. Fuck. Holy fuck. And somebody took video. It's obviously been deleted now, but... There was video of blood pouring down the front of the elevator. It looked like the fucking Yo, shiny. that's Ooh. fucking wild. Yeah. And like a few weeks later, it wasn't the same ship, but there was even there was part of me going, what if these ships communicate with each other? What if it was like a killer elevator and they're all just becoming sentient? Oh, taking- man. Yeah, but you'd have to be on top of it for that one. I know. So that still, one just- I get. But like, yeah, no, that one I feel like. That's like the premise for a That's why I wouldn't book. do that job. Is because like w- if somebody got in that elevator and like I shut the elevator off, but somebody came in, forgot that I was supposed to be working, and they shut the shit back on, I yeah. I, I would be absolutely fucking terrified yeah. that, that that would happen. So, as we will show, the circumstances surrounding Lamb's death are quite normal, if somewhat heartbreaking. But her death does place her into the narrative of another legend, in addition to the elevator game. And that's the curse of the Cecil Hotel. Get in there. Yeah, I gave Don a look. I forgot I'm on an audio medium. <laughs> yeah. I, my look said, "What that?" So the Cecil the Hotel said it. Yeah, well, the Cecil Hotel was built in 1924 by three hoteliers: William Banks, well, I'm sorry, William Banks Hanner, Charles L. Dix, and Robert H. Shops. Hanner, Dix, and Shops. Yes. As a destination nice. for this, we're, we're, we're just gonna glo- Okay, I guess we're more mature than I thought. <laughs> No, we're not. Hanner <laughs> Dixon Shops. It's, it, he, they, they work yeah. next door to Saul Slenderman. <laughs> Hanner? Hanner. Hanner. Like, like, like a hammer, but with ends? Yes. Hanner Dix. That one's obviously. And Shops, S-C-H-O-P-S. Oh, it's, it's at least D-I-X, not D-I-C-K-S? Yeah, it's D-I-X. That's, that's fortunate That's way him, better. I yeah. guess. More so than Hanner, Dix, and Shops was S C H. So like Chops, but with an S at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Shops. 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 Okay. So luckily they didn't do it the other way, and it's not Hanner, Shops, Dix. That's yep. true. So that's true. And they all have three names. You... When was this built? Twenty four. Yeah, that makes 1924. sense. That makes sense. How they long have you had that hats. joke about Hanner, Shops, Dix in in your brain? Uh, ever since I saw a sign that had a Dix Sporting Goods and a Staples. Yeah, and it said Staples Dix mm-hmm. or something Staples Dix. Target Staples Dicks. Target Staples Dicks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Something like that. That's strong. So, mm-hmm. okay. So, it was designed as a destination for business travelers and tourists. It was designed, the architect was Loy Lester Smith, and it was designed in the bow art style. Again, Imagine three being... names. This is the 20s. Everyone has three names, like, that they use. <laughs> yeah. And imagine being the only guy with the last name Smith standing next to Hannah Shop Sticks. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Right? <laughs> Damn, where, why is this guy so lucky? <laughs> Uh, the hotel cost $1.5 million, 
1929. That's a lot of money. And it uh, it cost $1.5 million to complete and boasted an opulent marble lobby with stained glass windows, potted palms, and alabaster statuary. Yo. And if you don't know about the Cecil Hotel, it is fucking huge. Yes. That sounds it phenomenal. It is massive. How, how many rooms? It's like 700 and something rooms. Yeah. Yeah. In the 20s? In the 20s. Yeah. Yes. Damn. And it very much looks like a product of the 20s, too. Yeah. Like, it is so Art Deco. Mm-hmm. Again, uh, he said one point something million. One point five million. One point five million in nineteen twenties money. We yeah. could look that up, but like, don't make me do math. Fully a marble hallway. On. Yeah, fully a marble. Like that's a lot of money. So the three hoteliers, uh, Hanner Shops Dix, um, they invested an additional two point five million in the enterprise with the knowledge that several similar hotels had been established elsewhere downtown. So, so it's now it's up to. What two point five two point so four so four yeah four million four million let's look equivalent in purchasing power okay four million in nineteen twenty four is equivalent in purchasing power to about sixty three million sixty four million dollars roughly today and the the size of the hotel will An tell you of that damn too. near sixty million dollars yeah that's crazy mm-hmm. especially when you hear what happens to the easel. Which is, of course, no longer called the Cecil Hotel due no. to its absolutely harrowing reputation yeah. for being cursed. Stay on Main. Stay on Main. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Nice. Nice. So um, it's it's funny how you know a curse can follow you from house to house, but it can't stay in the same hotel if you name it a different thing. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when the hotel doesn't move. And so, anyways, um, within five years of its opening, the United States states. United States. No, you had it right the first time. United <laughs> States. The United States sank into the Great Depression. Now, although the hotel flourished as a fashionable destination throughout the 1940s, the decades beyond saw the hotel decline as the area around it nearby became known as Skid Row. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, spoiler alert, 1924 was damn near the end of the Roaring Twenties. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, as many as 10 thousand homeless people lived within a four mile radius of the sea wow hotel. yeah it's it's right on skid row yeah like crazy. you you don't get to the cecil without seeing the the depths of yeah. what skid row really is i always thought skid row was in new york but i guess lots of places have a skid row okay. i just but I, the the skid row yeah, is the there's skid row. yeah um it's like everywhere has a chinatown but the yeah. real one's in what new york <laughs> san francisco san Fran, yeah whatever now, this decline saw the increase of murder, suicide, and drug use at the Cecil that gave the hotel its infamous reputation. Real that's quick. also Americans. because the rooms were cheap as shit yeah. at the Americans Cecil. think everything is in New York. That's why that just happened. <laughs> that, yeah, that's yeah. true. Say that again, that last part. Uh, the decline saw the increase in murder, suicide, and drug use at the Cecil that gave the hotel its infamous reputation. Yeah, it's, that'll do it. Yeah. Because the hotel had so many rooms, they rented them really cheap because they could afford to... Put up so many yeah. people, so maybe you you know have a good day panhandling on Skid Row, mm-hmm. and you can afford to put yourself up in the Cecil for a couple of yeah. nights, so you don't have to sleep on the streets in the cold. So you end up with a lot of you know people who normally live out on Skid Row manage to put themselves up for a few nights right. in the Cecil. And did I read correct? Is it? It sounds like a really good recipe for like. Making literally the hotel from uh, John Wick, but with lots more murder. 
Which, to be fair, uh, murder in that hotel happens at least once every movie. <laughs> also, it's it's good to know that if anybody is an American Horror Story fan, that season four or five, uh, whatever, I whatever the, fell season, off the hotel, that American Horror Story hotel is based. The Hotel Cortez in American Horror Story is literally ah. a fictionalized version of the Cecil Hotel. Yeah. A reputation that the hotel and the managers have never seemed to be able to get away from. In 2007, a portion of the hotel was refurbished after new owners took over. In 2011, part of the Cecil Hotel was rebranded to stay on Main with separate reception areas during the day, but with shared facilities. That includes bathrooms. Uh Uh, And its official website remained the Cecil Hotel. In 2014, the hotel was sold to New York City hotelier um, Richard Bourne for $30 million, after which another New York-based firm, Simon Barron... Damn, he got that cheap then. Mm-hmm. Uh, ...acquired the 99-year ground lease on the property. In 2016, Matt Barron, president of Simon Barron, uh, said that he was committed to the preservation of architecturally or historically significant components of the building, such as the hotel's grand lobby... But his company planned to completely redevelop the interior and fix the hodgepodge work that had been done in more recent years. The hotel closed in 2017 for the renovation, but the work was suspended indefinitely when the COVID pandemic hit. So the way it was set up, Stay on Main was basically, the only thing I can think of would be used would be hostel. Right. Like a hostel. Yeah. With the, the shared rooms and the bunk right. beds and the, right. yeah. But they still had another portion of the hotel set aside for the low-income nightly people who just mm-hmm. need a place to stay. I want to say it, it was like 70-some-odd dollars a yeah. night. But I remember like reading somewhere that somebody said the higher up you go in the hotel, the more dangerous it became. So I feel like that's where the people who are there for longer uh, end up, is yeah. they, get, they go to the higher floors. Yeah, I and guess get further away from the noise. Right, and further away from, yeah. you know, the normal people yeah. downstairs. And anyone who lives in a hotel is terrifying. Yeah. Anyone who chooses to live in a hotel full-time is a terrifying entity that you don't want to associate with. Yeah. Well, that I have a couple friends that live in hotels. Primarily. Are they divorced? Because I feel like that's the other subsection of people they, that live in hotels. Well, not divorced, but they are <laughs> broken up with their baby mama. But also, like... I think a lot of people who are down on their luck and can't find a place to rent get forced into hotels, even though they're ex- more expensive. PCP Pete is out PC- there like, PC- I've been P- living P- in this fucking hotel for 20 goddamn years, That's and I'm, I'm a fine person. PCP Pete, we love you. We support you. We need you to get out of the hotel, man. We want you to find a place. It's better dude. than a motel. It is better yeah. than a motel. Yeah. So the last uh, historical thing, in February of 2017, the Los Angeles City Council voted to deem the Cecil a historic cultural monument because of its representation of an early 20th century American hotel and because of the historic significance of its architect's body of work. So it's actually a historical yeah, monument now. Yeah, I get that. As, but also, as it should be, because it really is, it's, it's a time capsule. We're getting to the point in um, in history uh, in this COVID thing where uh, COVID is now affecting your urban legends. Fucking get it together, people. <laughs> Go get vaccinated, goddamn. So we're just going to do a little touch on the history of the Cecil because the Cecil could be its own episode in and of itself. But So we're just going to do a little kind of like jump around a little bit just to kind of give you an idea of jump what around. the quote unquote curse of the, the Cecil was. Mm-hmm. 
So what happened to the sea so that what took place within its walls that gave it such a lingering darkness? Here are just a few things that occurred. Sex, drugs, murder. Yeah. The first documented suicide at the Cecil occurred on the evening of January 22nd, 1927. That's the type of murder I did not anticipate. Why? Suicide. Oh. Self-murder is yeah. literally what that is. When Percy Ormond Cook, three names. Again, what year is this? 27. Ooh, yep, yep. Still in the 20s, baby. He was 52 years old at the time, shot himself in the head while inside his hotel room after failing to reconcile with his wife and child. Also, it was the, the late 20s. Mm-hmm. The end of the Roaring Twenties is fucking coming right up. The Los Angeles Times reported that he was rushed to the receiving hospital with a slim chance of survival. Death records reveal that he died the same evening. The next reported death occurred in 1931 when a guest, W.K. Norton, died in his room after taking poison capsules. That's the other, that's the other variation. It's two letters in one word. Yeah. Yeah. Throughout the yep. 1940s and the 50s, more suicides at the Cecil occurred. In 2008, two longtime residents referred to the Cecil as the suicide, and it became a popular nickname in social media years, uh, social media years later. Room Spook, a website that tracks hotel deaths. I'm sorry, could you say that name again? Room Spook. Oh. Yeah. Uh, a uh-huh. website that tracks hotel deaths lists at least 13 suicides that happened at the hotel. That's a, that's a strong name. Yeah. Well, it means spook like ghosts. No, I get it. Yeah. In addition to suicide... Yeah, that's what spook means too, bud. <laughs> just just in case. In addition to suicides, the Cecil's history includes other violence and disturbing happenings. It also became a notorious rendezvous spot uh, for adulterous couples, drug activity, and a common ground for sex workers. So you're saying it was a high-class hotel? Yes. Exactly. hmm In 2015, while researching the Cecil Hotel for an article for KCET, researcher Hadley Mears claimed that in 1947... Elizabeth Short, dubbed by the media as the Black Dahlia. Have you heard of the Black Dahlia murders? I know vaguely of the name of yeah. the person. It's that. also a band. Yeah, it's a band. Yeah, it's but post-hardcore it a, it band. murder back in the 40s. Yeah. Basically. Um, I don't want to get too far into it, but it she was... It was like a Black Widow, right? No, she was murdered. Black oh. Dahlia was murdered. She was, she was the victim in the yes. Black Dahlia murders. Yes. Like okay. horrifically murdered. Horrifically right? murdered. Yeah, yeah. Black... I thought realize... that the Black Dahlia murders was a lot was like a Black Widow no. in some part of the world that had Dahlia. I don't know what the fuck a Dahlia it's is. It's a flower. It's a flower. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've realized flower. that. Why the fuck did it get named after a flower then? Because it was like her favorite flower or something. Oh. But. That's a weird detail. It is. It's a weird murder. I we hope might have we to do that one it. one yeah, day. We will. Um, <clears throat> I've come to realize that geographically speaking, serial killers are a lot different. Mm-hmm. So oh, like, definitely. You have Florida, you had Ted Bundy, mm-hmm. you know, he would just basically brutally murder. You had yeah. Northwest. Hey, that was listen, when you come to Florida, you get what you see, yeah. my dude. A right. handsome dude that will beat your fucking face in. Yep. Then you have, you know, the Midwest, Mid-Northwest, like Michigan and Minnesota. That's where you get, like, the Jeffrey Dahmers. Yeah. The John Wayne Gacy's. Very polite, but they'll literally eat you. Exactly. Then you go to the West. In California, you get shit like the Black Dahlia. You get all these people yeah. that are like artists doing artistic shit to the body. Right. It's so. the goddamn, what is it? The Silicon Valley. <laughs> this was before Silicon Valley, though. Was it? Or was it just something in the water in Long Silicon before. Valley? Yeah, Silicon. It was lead. There you go. It was just lead. <laughs> there was nothing in the water before it was the Silicon Valley because there were no goddamn water. They stole it from Florida. <laughs> <laughs> this researcher claimed that in 1947, Elizabeth Short 
was rumored to have been seen drinking at the Cecil's bar in the days before her notorious and unsolved murder. Mm -hmm. However, this claim appears to be nothing more than the retelling of a long-forgotten falsehood that first appeared in 1995, uh, written by Los Angeles Times scribe Steve Harvey. Not that Steve Harvey. Damn, different Steve Harvey, huh? Without fact-checking the claim, Harvey was quoted... That does sound like Steve Harvey, though. (laughs) (laughs) So they says! Uh, Harvey has qu- had quoted Ken Schessler. Sh- 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 sorry. Oh, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Woo. We <laughs> have to not put that in. You guys, Don just made a really weird noise. <laughs> I don't know what happened to him. Put it in the intro. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I had a mild ghost stroke. Uh, that was, yeah, that was great. What was it? Schessler. Schessler. S-C-H-E, or S-C-H-L, I'm sorry. Holy fuck. <laughs> Are you okay for real? I'm fine. Okay. S C H E S S L E R. Schessler. Yeah, that okay. sounds right. Yeah. Schessler. I, I thought you were trying to say concessions, but no. like you got tripped up. No. Because so, he went. Could, sh- 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 it was very strange to me. Yeah. Let's give the podcast to a guy with a stutter. Harvey had quoted Ken We all Schessler, have stutters here, man. Author of the book, This is Hollywood, as saying on January 11th, 1947, just three days before she was murdered, uh, the Black Dahlia was seen in the bar at the Cecil Hotel with a girlfriend and two sailors. Schessler then added, fucking name. In fact, Kess- the- it sounds like you want to say Kessler, but yes. it's with an S at the mm-hmm. beginning. Yes. Schessler. Schessler. That sounds fucked up. Don't say his name anymore. Okay. In <laughs> fact, the hotel and the bars in the same block, including the dugout next door, were some of Elizabeth Short's favorite hangouts during the week before she was killed. So again, Elizabeth Short is not the Black Dahlia person. They were confusing these two stories? No. Okay. So Elizabeth Short was the Black Dahlia. Okay. She was the victim of the Black Dahlia murder. Okay. Uh, but this book claimed that she was seen three nights before her murder drinking in the Cecil. Ah, which which adds, was not a thing. Correct. Okay, but that's where the legend... It's, she was there just long enough to get touched by the curse of the Cecil. Exactly. I see. Okay. So it's just adding to the ghost story of the Cecil. Yeah, that's not cool, people. We don't like to do that here. This author's Black Dahlia... I'm not saying his name. This author's Black Dahlia claim <laughs> is easy to disprove. We like it. According to the LAPD records, Short was last seen alive at the Millennium Biltmore Hotel on January 9th, and was not seen again until her body was discovered in an empty field on January 15th. Yeah, man, but don't nobody know the William Biltmore, whatever the fuck you just <laughs> said, Millennium Falcon? <laughs> there are no known records of Elizabeth Short ever being at the Cecil. Yeah, but that can't go into my cool creepypasta website. Right, yeah, that, that doesn't fit the podcast it narrative. It doesn't fit the so. podcast narrative, so we have to change it. Okay, then we'll just... No. <laughs> We'll have to go to another. What do you dimension. mean? I'm working with a site with journalistic integrity. <laughs> in 19, we're not journalists. Get off my ass. In 1964, a retired telemarketer named Pigeon Goldie Osgood. Good. God damn again? it! Again, what a what name. year is this again? 64. 64. Well, What's her name? Okay, Pigeon Goldie Osgood. That's but, a good name. But she was named Pigeon Goldie because she liked to go outside and feed the pigeons. Pigeon so Goldie, like what? Name. Osgood. Osgood. Yes. Osgood. That's, That's a great name. Pigeon yeah. Goldie Oswood? Good. Osgood. 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 Yes. Oh. Uh, who had been well known and well That's a Victorian protagonist. Yeah, oh <laughs> for that sure, is. for sure. That's I'm like Pigeon Goldie Osgood. That's yeah. something that like in an eastern author would name an American character if they didn't know anything yes. about American names. Absolutely, you would get a name like Pigeon Goldie. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
So um, she had been a well-known and well-liked long-term resident at the hotel when, in 1964 when she was found dead in her room. She had been raped, stabbed, beaten, and her room was well ransacked. Well, she didn't deserve that. No. Didn't say she did. I'm sorry for trying to make a joke about this. No. I was trying to lighten the mood. You felt wrong. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's how you do that, Ruben. <laughs> well, I was just thinking about how cool her name was, and then you told me about all this horrible shit that happened to her, and I forgot that that's the podcast we were doing for a second. So here we are again. Ruben shows up here in a good mood, and we're like, murder, rape, stabbings. Jacques B. Ellinger was charged Also with- a good name. Where are all these people's Dude, names oh coming God. from? Who fucking... Dude, my name is so bland. I, like, for real... I've got a Jewish and an Irish name, <laughs> and then, a, like, a, a European last name, so, like, it's... I'm not gonna say it on the podcast, because that would... That would make me... That would be bad, but, like, it's okay, you know? It's yeah. not nearly as good as any of these names. <laughs> no, dude. Oh my god, I gotta change my name. I gotta get. I gotta murder some people or there something, so my name yeah. is cool. Right. Oh, true. Because you know, if you murder Lee people, Harvey Oswald, not that great of a name unless you kill a unless, president. Yeah, yeah, unless you have that association. Yeah. yeah. And then there's Mark David Chapman, the guy who killed uh, John Lennon. Mark David Chapman is good because it's two first names and a last name. Yeah. So it's not quite a serial killer name. There's a lot of serial killers and assassins have three names. John yeah. Wayne Gacy, Booth. John Wilkes Booth. Yeah. It's it's because just John Booth sounded lame, so they had yeah. to throw his middle name in there, so there's more syllables. And you it, know what it is? It's not that John got a Booth ring sounds it. worse. It's that John Booth is the protagonist of a spaghetti western, and you want to avoid that. Oh, true, true. So, um... I'm surprised we didn't call this podcast actually Tangents. We could have. <laughs> Two tangents over. We're just Two gonna... tangents over, baby. Yeah, basically. Uh, so he was charged with Osgood's murder because he was seen covered in blood roaming the streets close to the hotel. We started this out so fun. <laughs> we started this with, like, stoner physics, and you got me all hyped, and now we're talking about brutal crime. Well, covered about, in blood. We're about, done. we're about done with the brutal crime. Sweet. Uh, so he was found covered in blood roaming the streets close to the hotel, but was later cleared as a suspect. Bro, what? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. Huh? Because that's just nor he was outside the Cecil, it was Skid Row. Everybody's covered in something. That's fair. You have made a good point. I know. So <laughs> much like everything we talk about, Pigeon Goldie Osgood's murder remains unsolved. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> she me, deserves closure. That's just for having every, a cool every ass every name. Single time I'm like watching a YouTube video and they're like, and this case remains unsolved oh god damn it like why would you this is not the feeling i wanted <laughs> do we need to make justice for pigeon goldie on honestly for honestly sake, if it wasn't yes. disrespecting pigeon goldie in the exact same way that these other people are <laughs> disrespecting god the black dahlia murder victim yeah, no, whose we, name i can't remember right now in the heat of this moment but like we definitely we should, cannot if profit it wasn't from shirts <laughs> yeah just fully has we a can't. cool name we can't do that to her but if we don't she's a real proceeds. person we'll just give it away we'll just make stickers and do like a street team and have street teams just we could yeah, justice great. for Pigeon Goldie. It's, it, e- if e- we were Logan to be Paul, on our street we team. could do that, but we're not. Fuck. <laughs> Don't you ever say his name on this podcast ever again. <laughs> That's the curse of the podcast is you have to mention the Pauls at least once. Oh, Aaron Paul or Logan Paul? Yeah. What did I just Why say? Did he, he said it again. God damn. Sorry. I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you should, honestly. Yeah. Perhaps most infamously, in the 1980s, the hotel may have been the residence of serial killer Richard Ramirez. 
nicknamed the Night Stalker. Really? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Now, Ramirez was a regular presence How on... How is this hotel still open? <laughs> no, deadass. Like... Because it's a historical it's landmark a historical now. Landmark. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ramir- but you could you could make it a landmark without putting people in the fucking hotel, <laughs> right? Am I wrong? No, you're right. <laughs> now Ramirez was a regular presence on the Skid Row area of, of Los Angeles, and according to a hotel clerk who na- who claims to have spoken to him, Ramirez is rumored to have stayed at the Cecil for a few weeks. Ramirez may have engaged in part of his killing spree while staying there in August. That's of- ballsy. Yeah. On August 30th, 1985... Ramirez group, didn't give a fuck. No, he didn't. Ramirez, no. truly, of all the serial killers I've ever heard, Ramirez was the most evil... Yeah. I I say it every time I talk about serial killers with anyone. Yeah. There's a lot of them that they have these like incredibly tragic backstories, like Dahmer. Dahmer is such a tragic human being, where it, what what he did was basically inevitable after all of his childhood trauma and everything. But... Ramirez just loved being an evil son of a bitch. One of those Clive Cassidy motherfuckers? That's a Spider-Man reference. He's Carnage. Okay. He's literally a serial killer that kills for fun. Yep. Venom becomes a good guy because... Well, let's not talk about it right now. We're talking about (laughs) Spider-Man, but like, it sounds like this man was a true monster. Oh, yeah. Is the point. He believed everything he did, he was doing to please Satan. Yeah. He, Whoa. He would yeah. like make, so that's like make crazy his victims scream, uh, yes. praise Satan, yeah, praise Satan while Satan. he was murdering them yeah. and stuff. Yeah. He wow. Would pentagrams on the walls after his murders. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, he was he was he was not a good dude. See, okay, I will say that is the type of feeling that I do come to certain movies for, because when I watch things about like urban legends or whatever, the closest I really get is like documentaries about serial killers. Because I want to feel that gross feeling of, like, horrified fascination. And then I want to hear the closure of, and we know his goddamn name because we caught him. Like, you're going to love this. Sometimes we don't get that. But but a lot of times with serial killers, you do. And I like that feeling of, like, there is some tiny bit of justice in this world. Justice not being, like... Like preemptive justice would have been none of these people died. That would have been great, but like that's not. Yeah. And then you get what I feel like is the most is retroactive. The most important point. part of it is that you see that they are just people. They're people who did yes. terrible, horrible, evil things, but they are just people, yeah. and you don't need to be afraid of them in the way that you know, movies and TV yeah. and stuff will yeah, make they you are think not that you literally should. the boogeyman. They right. are a horrible monster, but they're just a human. They are the amount of monster that a human can be. So you're going to love this, because this is how Ramirez was finally caught. All right. On August 30th, 1985, a group of Los Angeles residents spotted him in the street and prevented him from escaping until police arrived to arrest him. They literally beat the shit out of the, him. The whole Fuck town. Yes. The, whole the whole town. I am, not, I am not a violent man. I generally do not condone or accept that violence is a thing that humans do sometimes. I don't like it, but occasionally, in situations like this, I do acknowledge that we are all basically primates, and that sometimes you gotta 
beat a motherfucker down. Right. It was it was uh it was a really cool story too because it was like one person noticed him. He had been on vacation or something, right? Mm-hmm. And he came back to town and there were like wanted posters of him all over and he was on the front page of the paper. Yeah. And they had his actual photo. They yeah. knew who he was at this point. Yeah. And he was there and it was like one person saw him like in a convenience store or something and they were like that's fucking him. And Words Bold of you spread. to go into again, Chris Ramirez. You crazy Richard, bitch, Richard, Richard Ramirez. Whatever. Dick. Which one is Chris Ramirez? Anyway, Ramirez, you crazy motherfucker. Like you go into a conv- they got your picture, my dude. <laughs> he d- he didn't know that he was all over the papers. Yeah. Ah. yeah. Ah. So he walked in and he like started running. He ended up running like through backyards and stuff, but it was like the whole town was gradually like one person saw him and started following him and called the police. And then other people realized like, Oh, that's him. Everyone's following him. We got to stop him. So I'm just picturing him like running down the street and all these people being like, wait, is that fucking, Oh shit. I got to go fucking help him. (laughs) Hey, listen, listen. Okay. That's the feeling I wanted. Thank you, Don. The (laughs) feeling of like, Wow, that's a brutal and very bad way to murder people. And then imagine being the man who thought he got away with this stuff, mm-hmm. comes back to town, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the town starts following you. <laughs> yes. And that that feeling that he must have had of like like getting caught and getting sent to the principal's office for sticking gum in some girl's hair when you're <laughs> right. three or whatever. That, that feeling, but multiplied by like a thousand people mm-hmm. is what I want for every criminal. Like when I was saying take his bones out and stone him with his own goddamn bones, <laughs> yeah. that's what I want for him. I want forever for him to be chased by a town full of people who know exactly what he's done and that you know that if they catch you, they are going to literally tear you apart. Yeah, Like that's what I want. I want that certain knowledge in their heads you know what i'm saying like i want the terrible certainty of that knowing that they're caught and that it's over and they're in trouble yes i just i have to bring this up because i edited the babysitter and the man upstairs episode this past weekend and you actually said in that episode you know i don't believe in violence i'm not a violent man and to know that just two weeks ago when we recorded the the halloween episode you're like i want that man stoned yeah but like bone you like Being... turned into like Robert De Niro in the Untouchables. I want him dead. <laughs> I want his family dead. I want dead, his dead. 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 The duality hey, of Ruben. If there's a fucking flea on his head, I want that shit dead too. Like, no, no. It's like being 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 a pacifist is like constantly feeling the rage of violence in your heart and choosing not to be that. Yeah. Like, like, I, oh, oh, buddy, like. I feel that, like, I feel that it's like, and I also, I get a little bit over, I go overboard when I say that because I want people to understand, like, no, 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 I get it. it that's not a real thing. So it's okay. <laughs> right. You can say that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the, the more absurd you are about it, the, yes. the more you realize you're not. Right. But like. Actually homicidal. For real though, these people should have that terrible knowledge of being found out. Right. In their heads when they die or when they, yeah, when they die, whenever that happens, you know, whether that be because of a death sentence or old age or whatever. But you should know, like, that that certainty of being known, like, your deepest, darkest secret should be, that should be the punishment cosmically. 
Or if you're the type of serial killer that likes to send police samples and shit, right? No one should know who you are. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like whatever mm-hmm. you wanted, the opposite should be true. Right. So, um, whole town's chasing him. They're yeah. about to beat his ass. Arrive to arrest him in 1989. Ramirez was convicted of 13 murders and sentenced to death by the gas chamber. He was only convicted of 13. He committed many more. Yo, one of the one of the few killers that most of them once they're caught. They start bragging. Yeah. They'll they'll tell you about everyone they killed, and the mm-hmm. police start offering them these deals where they're like, "Show us where the body for this person is, and we'll give you these special privileges in prison." And most most serial killers are so inside their own egos yeah, that they can't wait to tell you. Yeah, because that's the why really, they did it. Is they right. wanted people to be like, "Oh, you're an artist the with attention. the blade or whatever." Right. But then you have ones like Richard Ramirez that continue to yeah. pretend that they didn't do it. And those yeah. those are the scariest ones to me because mm-hmm. cuz they fully feel no nothing about exactly. it. Exactly. Like like for them they they jerked off and now you're asking them about it and they're going to deny it until the day they die. Like right. that is scarier to me. It's like yeah, we ain't got to talk about it. But like for real you're right. It is like the scariest one is like, no, I did it. Or no, it's like, no, I didn't do it. Like a kid who you saw eat the cookie who's yeah. telling you they didn't eat the cookie. Because mm-hmm. you know that that's what they equate this to. Yeah. It's like, right. oh, I did something mildly bad, but I didn't I didn't do that. It's mm-hmm. okay. If I just keep denying it, I won't get caught. Rodney uh, Rodney Alcala. Alcala. Yeah. He's he's another one that was like that, where they, they know that he killed and hurt many more women than he, he was, admitted to. He was the guy on the dating show. He was the dating game dating killer. Game, yeah. Yeah. Yo. Um, yeah. Yeah. After, after like, yeah. after he was already on the FBI's most wanted list. Yeah, he was, yeah. He With was his on, real name. He was on the dating game. Yeah. How the fuck? Another episode. <laughs> yeah, don't another you, episode. Don't you search that? Anyway. And anyway, <laughs> we've touched on, like, eight things. And also, I don't want to... <laughs> Like eight urban legends are in this urban legend, and I don't want to squeeze past the fact that this man just got sentenced to execution by a goddamn Russian death experiment chamber. Like we we're hitting all the greats today, guys. The Cecil is a true conglomeration of there you curses. Go. That's what I'm saying. We across will have the to come back and and do a deep dive on the on the Cecil at some point. Yeah, but uh, so he was sentenced to death by the gas chamber, though he would ultimately succumb to cancer in 2013 while still awaiting his fate on death row. Well. So he was almost on death row for 20 years and died of cancer. That's okay. I really don't believe in the death penalty either, but we can get into that's way more political than anything else I've said on this podcast. <laughs> so let's squeeze past that. Another serial killer, Austrian Jack Unterweger. Bad name, but yeah. still fun. Yeah. Stayed at the Cecil in fun 1991. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. Yeah. Fun to say. Possibly because he sought to copy Ramirez's crimes. While there, he strangled and killed at least six. Three sex workers for which he was ultimately convicted in Austria, which I don't understand why he got convicted in Austria. Because um, America wouldn't have done that. Because he because he also murdered in Austria. Uh, he was uh, one of very few serial killers that has killed internationally. It was because they kept trying to like – uh cob trophy in it. <laughs> right. They kept trying to like rehabilitate this man and they like let him go after he had already killed two sex workers and he wrote a book about it. And so he was like semi semi famous for this like that book. dude that ate people and got released in Japan. Like he legit know about cannibalized one. people and then wrote a book about it and was released yeah. and stuff. Right. Well, so uh, Unterweger actually went he went on tour 
internationally for his book. Yes, yes. About this Japanese being guy did the same thing. Re- rehabilitated and killed internationally. I think he also killed in England, but I they ended know. up they ended up convicting him in Austria because uh More they fucked up the worst yeah. because they yeah. fucking let him go and shit. I don't know if the Japanese guy killed again afterwards because from what I remember it was like a like a like an agreement between him and somebody else that he wanted to taste flesh human Ooh. meat or oh. whatever so they and this other person apparently either wanted to die or didn't get killed like they carved some stuff out of their ass or some shit i don't know it's like, like the agreement but you have with your people. cat he ate a part of people and then like got arrested for it and then he got released and wrote a book and went on a world tour to promote that book. No, it wasn't a cookbook. <laughs> no, I don't think it was. Okay. It might have been because this world is crazy and I don't know the details, but we'll have to look that up yeah. and get back to you guys. Oh, you can find recipes. So this is by no means a comprehensive. Yeah, it's basically just pigs, pig, pig recipes, pork, pork yeah. stuff. Dahmer had a lot to say about it. Tattoos yeah. taste bad. There is. That's what I'm trying to get. That's what I'm trying to get. Covered, my dude. I'm trying to. It's the best defense <laughs> against cannibals. Ink tastes terrible. There is by this is by no means a comprehensive list of the murders, and in fact, I did find on Wikipedia or deaths. I'm sorry, that there is a list of every single death that has occurred at the Cecil. The Cecil. I'm going to look up the number real quick um, for the people before we move on and finally get to Elisa Lamb because Josh finally. is chomping at the bit. <laughs> uh, I did want to tell one last story that is, although it is tragic, it is also an intriguing story as is a marvelous example of wrong place, wrong time. On Saturday, October 12th, 1962, a 27-year-old woman by the name of Pauline Otten was staying at the Cecil with her estranged husband who she was trying to reconcile with. Now, it's impossible to say what took place in the ninth floor room. 16, by the way. 16 total? 16 deaths that are listed on Wikipedia, at least. Oh, uh, it sounds a little low, but whatever. We'll, we'll see yeah. later. Um, Mr. Otten told police that he had stepped out of the, off, uh, the room to go get something to eat. After he was gone, Pauline managed to fall from the window and plunge nine stories to the concrete below. Now, this is tragic in and of itself. But the story became even more tragic when police noticed a second body entangled with Pauline's. In, define entangled in this context for that's me, what I'm just, just like yeah. mixed together. The two bodies were no, together. No, were they, as in, did they hug each other and jump off the balcony? Or did like she fall and end up in a weird mishmash of limbs? Did they die at the were, same were time or other times? Together? That's what I'm saying. Was this a gooey person? I'm or about to say. At first, uh, thinking that they had a double suicide on their hands, the theory quickly changed when officers noticed that the male body still had his shoes on which would have been thrown clear if he had jumped. Also... How? What? Apparently when people jump, if they have shoes on, when they land, the shoes... Oh, okay. This I man got still it. had his shoes on. That makes sense. Uh, even more bizarre, the man's hands were still in his pockets. Ah, so he was murdered. Pretty much. Uh, police finally decided that the man, a 65-year-old by the name of George Giannini... Just for context, you do not hit the ground that casually, no matter what. I right. don't care if you meant well, to do that. You dude, don't dude. land and keep you. You have to wheel your hands in your right. pockets. And at a certain point, you don't 
have the ability no. to do that anymore. If Imagine you being that cool though. Yeah, like, you like just, just jump walk out a window and just fucking... hands in your pockets all the way down. I bet he had his goddamn feet crossed. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Uh, he had simply been out for an evening stroll and just happened to be in the wrong place <gasps> at the wrong time. <gasps> no. Yes. Oh, oh my god. She so landed. she fell out of a window accidentally. No one knows. Maybe. Maybe. Potentially accidentally. Yes. And killed a man inadvertently. She landed on him. No Damn. way. Yes. You're just walking casually. That's crazier shit. than the shit we talked hands, about at the beginning of this hands episode. In your John. pockets, strolling down the street. You all live in the dimension air. where that's a possibility. <laughs> You're probably whistling a jaunty tune, you know, yeah, right. Bro, cool yeah. as hell with your hands in your pockets <laughs> and your shoes on and shit. Uh-huh. God damn. <laughs> Coming down the street. Can you imagine? <laughs> singing an old Irish drinking song. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah, that I'm would saying. be like getting hit by an actual piano like in a cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> like out of nowhere. Yo! Like I said, it's tragic, but at the same time, it's... That's how I, hey, that's how I feel about my accident. It's like, out of nowhere, dog? Like... For real? Like, what? It's like, oh my god. Yeah. (laughs) So now we finally get to the crux of the story, where we finally bring Josh into it, because all of his research he did was on... Yeah, I didn't touch anything else. Yeah. Elisa Lamb. Most of my research on Elisa Lamb, mind you, was I would search, like, on Google, I would go, uh, Elisa Lamb, death theory, and then I would click on, like, page nine... (laughs) <laughs> and find these Reddit threads where this guy is like, dude, Elisa Lamb, telling you guys, she's not even actually a real person. It's all a false flag operation to cover up oh, a boy. government planned tuberculosis outbreak on Skid Row to cover up that they're trying to thin out the population out there to move in for gentrification, dude. All right, listen, that's crazy. Aliens. I will be honest with you. Um... As a black person, I'm aware that redlining was a thing and the whole CIA crack planes was a thing and so on and so forth. But, like, at a certain point, that's still just crazy shit. Like, right. Excuse me? <laughs> oh, no, the, the section <laughs> the section that I have some of these under in, in my notes here is uh, 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 batshit crazy bullshit is, uh, is the, the headliner of, uh, of my notes there. The, the other one was that... Uh, she was possessed by the ghost of Richard Ramirez, oh. which um, is the stupidest theory of all of what, them. Wait, 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 wait. When was he caught? He, 89. He when would died. Die? No, no, no. I, I got the numbers here because I put this is bullshit because Richard Ramirez died in 2013 or died in June 2013. And Elisa Lamb died in February of 2013. Whoever wrote this is an idiot. And then I guess I was really... I didn't even know the dates and I knew that was bullshit. Right. I guess I was really tired at this point too because I did all this research at like 5 a.m. Because I started on my next one which just said Elisa Lam was connected to an MK Ultra and that was all I wrote. So, so we'll, 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 we'll well, never know. First of all, what's MK Ultra? Oh, we're oh gonna Jesus Christ. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I guess we'll find out when we do the MK Ultra episode. MK Ultra and Operation Monarch. I know. Are these Katy Perry and Miley Cyrus or sex slave or sex programmed? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, but MK Ultra is real, but we'll get to that. Yeah. I'm going to, what was the other one you said? Operation Monarch. Was about Katy Perry and who? Miley Cyrus Being... and Britney Spears. That they're programmed. I just want y'all to know 
y'all are all like not Don and Josh. I'm like the internet. Like <laughs> y'all are crazy. Well, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. There, what? All right. So Elisa Lam, um, because there are true. You can look at the the Hollywood sex conspiracies yeah. right away. You could just look at them. They say them out loud. <laughs> they tell you about them all the time. Harvey Weinstein was a very famous man. He did real bad shit for a long time, and everybody knew. That's how Hollywood works, which is terrible, which is why we should probably do some different shit in Hollywood. But still. <laughs> I, uh... Illuminati and lizard people are not part of the problem. I'm sorry if that offends you. No, you're not. <laughs> no. I'm no, not. even a little bit. Those people. No, don't don't ever apologize to like our podcast. Okay, listen, we don't we didn't really have a mission statement until just now. (laughs) But if there is one that evolved out of what we do, it's that um, don't listen to these people. It's debunking that debunk this shit in specifically in regards to like that's why we have so much fun at the beginning of the episode because nothing real is attached to it yet. Then when you start attaching real people. To these stories and trying to cookie cut their stories to this, that is doing a, like we said at the beginning, a huge disservice. Like, that's disrespectful. And I'm not a person that believes in respect the dead. You know, respect the dead, but like, speak truth to the dead. Do not lie about them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, Hitler was a terrible person. He was good at art <laughs> compared to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't draw a stick, man. He drew recognizable houses and people and shit. And he still got, you know, whatever. Y'all know the story. It's yeah, but memes the paintings by now. Were still kind of shit. Sure. When it comes to art school type level, yes, he was not that great. But, like, compared to me, genius. You know what I'm saying? Like, put a staircase in front of a window. So he's a, he was a human. And then he became one of the most terrible figures in all of history. Like, we can speak to both of those things. We cannot we cannot say that Hitler was possessed by Zuzu the movie demon and did all this stuff because a demon took control of him because that trivializes the actual bad shit that happened. It does. That's why in the Mingala episode we didn't make a whole lot of jokes. We didn't make a whole lot of jokes because that episode was about no 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 when we make these jokes we are trivial trivializing this. A wall of eyes is what we're trivializing when we do these things, when we try to make these stories about these people. Or try and blame it on supernatural things that we have no Humans did it. Right. In every single case. Humans did it. You know? Keep that in mind, is my point. So, I didn't write down her age. You know how old she was? Uh, At the time that she died, I want to say she was 21. 21? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so Elisa Lam, she was a British Columbian, or she lived. From, she was in British Columbia. She was of Chinese uh, descent, mm-hmm. so her family is Chinese, but they lived in British Columbia, Canada. Um, she was your typical college-age uh, woman, correct? Yep, she, she had, had a Tumblr. She yep. was very active on. I'm older than that. It was <laughs> college-age girl. <laughs> yeah, she uh, in in 2010 she she began a blog called Etherfields. On Blogspot, Etherfields. Etherfields. Sorry, I don't know if that's right. It's I'm just E-T-H-E-R. asking. Uh, no, I think you've got to be right because ether is yeah. what they used to use to like put you to sleep. Yeah, for, probably yeah. it's like chloroform. Chloroform. Fields. Yeah, exactly. Chloroform fields. I was just thinking Etherfields because that sounds very fantasy. 
and that's a very college yeah yeah write it into your next D campaign yeah other fields yeah over the next two years she posted she posted pictures of (laughs) models and fashionable clothing and accounts of her life particularly her struggle with mental illness On a January 2012 blog post, she lamented um, that a relapse at the start of the current school term had forced her to drop several classes, leaving her feeling so utterly directionless and lost. She titled the post, You're Always Haunted by the Idea You're Wasting Your Life, after a quotation from novelist Chuck Palahniuk. I I know how the word you're trying to say is spelled, but I will not attempt to pronounce it. That's about as close as we're going to get people. It's (laughs) Palaniak. Palaniak. Something like that. She used the quote as an epigraph for her blog. Lamb worried that uh, her transcript would look suspicious if there uh, was so many withdrawals and that it would result in her being unable to continue her studies to attend graduate school. Uh, She decided in 2000. 13 or 2012 that she was going to take a trip down the California coast just to kind of mm-hmm. get, get as a ton of young struggling college students do right. you exactly. you get that sense that you need to yeah. you need to see what's outside of your hometown this person Everybody is the feels exact that. feeling that millennials latched onto for our entire culture my right. right exactly now for this trip to California she uh, traveled alone on Amtrak's trains and uh, mm-hmm. inner city buses. I knew what an Amtrak was. Was that for me but or for them? No, it was for, it was for me correcting myself because I said Amtraks. Oh, uh, oh. She visited the San Diego Zoo and posted photos taken there on social media. On January 26th, she arrived in Los Angeles. After two days, she checked into the Cecil Hotel. Lamb was initially assigned a shared room on the hotel's fifth floor uh, with uh, two other girls. Uh, like I said, it was kind of like a hostel to stay on Maine. Mm-hmm. was the area that she was staying in. Um, but her roommates complained about what the hotel's lawyer would later describe as, quote-unquote, certain odd behavior. And Lamb was removed to a room of her own after two days. Lamb had been diagnosed with bipolar disorder and depression. That makes sense now. She had been just prescribed four medications, Wellbutrin, uh, Lam- Lamictal, Seroquel, and She'd been prescribed Effexor. four medications. Yeah, Effexor. Yeah. yeah. Uh, to treat Which her Which they're all mood stabilizers. One of them was uh, an anti-seizure medication. Yeah. There was an anti-psychotic. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of, the, one of the big theories here that's grounded in reality is that either the stress of traveling had required her to need a higher dosage that she, you know, wasn't, she didn't have the wherewithal because of her mental illness to understand that she needed a higher dosage. Or that she had maybe fallen off with her medication on the trip. Right. So, um, according to her family, who supposedly kept a history of her mental illness a secret, uh, Lamb had no history of suicidal ideations or attempts, although one report claimed that she had previously gone missing for a brief period. Yeah, well, that's a common thing with depression and suicidal ideation, is that you normally don't tell people about it until after you've done the therapy to, like, get past it right so like yeah when i when i when my attempt happened my family was also blindsided right. so so uh one of the conditions of this trip that she took was that she had to contact her parents daily at some point on february 1st 2013 the day she was scheduled to check out of the cecil and leave for santa cruz her parents did not hear from her and called the los angeles police department 
Her family flew to Los Angeles to help with the search. Now, hotel staff who saw Lamb the day she uh, that day said that she was alone outside the hotel. Katie Orphan, manager of a nearby bookstore, was the only person who recalled seeing her that day. First of all, Katie Orphan, Orphan, yeah, is truly a fake creature. <laughs> she owns a bookstore. Yeah, her name is Katie Orphan. Right. She's a fae. That's a fairy. Okay. I'll take it. Yeah. I thought you said I'm, fake. I'm with you. No, that's like a creature from the Fey Wild or somewhere. That's you. You don't tell them your name when you go into that right. bookshop. What was the if she offers you, know you tea or crumpets, you do not take it. I don't write that down. Well, if her name is Katie Orphan, don't take shit from her. Well, no, he was asking if I knew the name. You of the better bookstore. make sure she takes your money when you take a book too. <laughs> yeah. Um, don't take a free book. Now, according to Katie, um, no snacks on the counter, neither. Not even mm-hmm, a peppermint, mm-hmm, homie. Mm-hmm. Like. Elisa was outgoing, very lively, and very friendly while getting gifts to take home to her family. Uh, she was talking about what book she was going to get and whether or not she was getting uh, the book that she was getting would be too heavy for her to carry around as she traveled. Police searched the hotel to the extent that they legally could. They searched Lamb's room and had dogs go through the building, including the rooftop, but the dogs were unsuccessful in detecting her scent. Uh Sergeant Rudy Lopez said they didn't search every room, but they could only do what they uh, do that. They could only search every room if they had probable cause to believe a crime had been committed. On February 6th, a week after Lamb had been last been seen, the LAPD decided that more help was needed. Flyers with her image were posted in the neighborhood and online. It brought the case to the public's attention through uh, media. During the search for Lamb, guests at the hotel began complaining about low water pressure. Some later claimed their water was colored black and had an unusual taste. I've heard this before. Mm-hmm. I think it's happened. Uh, this is the woman who got stuck before. in the fucking water tank. Yes. yes. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, on the morning of um, February 19th, Santiago Lopez, a hotel maintenance worker, found Lamb's body in one of the four 1,000-gallon tanks located on the roof providing water to the guest rooms, a kitchen, and a coffee shop. Through the open hatch, he saw Lamb lying face up in the water. Now I understand what you were talking about with the videos earlier. Yeah. yeah. Because I've seen those videos as well. Yeah. And they it's like, are you can't really tell. Weird. Like, she's, they're weird. Like, she's definitely not playing the game. No. Like, no. Uh, the tank was drained and cut open since its maintenance hatch was too small to accommodate equipment needed to remove Lamb's body. On February 21st, the loss. I'm just remembering details yeah. about this now because it was like, yeah, they were they couldn't figure out how she had gotten in there yeah. or how she'd even gotten to the roof and stuff. On February 21st, the Los Angeles coroner's office issued a finding of accidental drowning with bipolar disorder as a significant factor. The full coroner's report released in June stated that Lamb's body had been found naked. Uh, clothing similar to what she was wearing in the elevator video was floating in the water, coated with a sand-like particulate. Her watch and room key were also found with her. Lamb's body was moderately decomposed and bloated. It was mostly greenish, with some marbling evident of the abdomen and skin separation, and skin separation was evident. There was no evidence of physical trauma, sexual assault, or suicide. Not after a week of floating in water. Yeah. That was my thing about it, too. I meant to look into that, like, how much how much you lose of that evidence if yeah. you're floating in water for 10 days. Yeah. I just found out that most uh, most crime scenes have less than a microgram of DNA matter at the scene when police get there. Um, toxicology tests showed traces consistent with prescription medication found among her belongings, plus non-prescription drugs such as Sinutab and ibuprofen. A very small quantity of alcohol, 
about 0.02 gram or percent was present, but no other recreational drugs. Investigators and experts have, however, noted that the concentration of other prescription drugs in her system indicated that she was under medicating or had stopped taking her medications recently. Yeah. The investigation had determined how Lamb died, but did not initially offer an explanation as to how she got into the tank in the first place. Doors and stairs that access the hotel's roof are locked, with only staff having the passcodes and keys, and any attempt to force them <clears throat> to force them would supposedly have triggered an alarm. The hotel's fire escape could have allowed her to bypass those security measures. However, her scent trail was lost near a window that connected to it, and a video posted to the internet after Lamb's death showed the hotel's roof was easily accessible via the fire escape and that two of the lids of the water tank were opened. Apart from the question of how she got on the roof, others asked if she could have gotten into the tank by herself. All four tanks were four foot by eight foot cylinders propped up on concrete blocks. There were I mean, uh, yeah, the average person can climb up eight feet, but like... Why? Yeah, <laughs> was my big question. Well, when I first if heard it's about it. if it's in the middle of a mental health episode, yeah, then... that's fair. But also, like, I you know, as a person who struggles with mental health issues, um, I've done some pretty stupid and crazy things. But like, I feel like going up to a roof and climbing, like, if her goal was suicide, which again, I'm not sure if we're gonna figure that out by the end of the episode or not. But like, if the goal was suicide, uh. Falling off a roof is way faster than drowning. Uh, yeah. Well, the idea, too, is that it could have been an accident where she yeah. maybe got in because her her clothes. She was naked when she was yeah. found in the. So like it, it she could got be in to swim. She, she got in to swim around in there, or just see what was in there. And then people actively using the water inside the building caused the water level to lower and she was no longer able to get out. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, because there's no, there was no ladders inside. It's just basically. Well, yeah, it's cylinder. a reservoir. It's right. not like a pool. Also, though, I feel like I would go fountain swimming instead of rooftop reservoir swimming. But yeah. that's just me, I guess. <laughs> um, so there was no fixed access to the cylinders, and the hotel workers had to use a ladder to look at the water. They were protected by heavy lids that would have been difficult to replace from inside. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the hotel employee who found the body said that the lid was open at the time, removing the issue of how she could have closed the lid from inside, because a lot of people were asking how the lid got closed. It wasn't. Yeah. Police dogs that searched through the hotel for Lamb, even on the roof shortly after her disappearance were, was noted, did not find any trace of her. Now, theories arose pertaining to the elevator video, where we start getting... Some argued... Have you seen the video? Yes. Okay. So some have argued that she was attempting to hide from a pursuer, perhaps someone ultimately responsible for her death, while others said that she was merely frustrated with the elevator's apparent malfunction. Yeah, I, I, basically the video looks like a mildly to severely perturbed woman getting in and out of an elevator. Yeah. And that's but, about it. But at one point, she's hiding in the corner. Yeah, she yes. like puts herself all the way up in the corner, but, and she's like looking out, like like yeah. peeking out the door. And also, the thing that's well, the most jarring about the video to me is that the the elevator isn't working the way it's supposed to. Right. She's she's in it, and she's pressing all these buttons, and the doors aren't closing. Right. Well, also, her hitting a bunch of buttons. 
might make the elevator. Again, this is just one of those situations where it's like to distance it as far from the myth as possible. Like, yeah, if she's bipolar and has other problems, if she's on an antipsychotic and these other things, side effects can happen, or you can be in the middle of a manic episode where things like that do happen, where you maybe she was hallucinating, you know. But it basically, the video is just very like it's vague enough that people were like. Any theory that you had at the time was supportable by this video, basically. Yeah. Because she was acting strangely, but her acting strangely could be part of her mental health problems, part of the medication side effects, or part of being pursued, or part of, you know, any number of things that could have been the reasons for her acting like this when, you know, whenever the video was being circulated. It does seem like she was, to me, it seems like she was running away from somebody who was either real or imagined. Yeah. Yeah. It, yes. And get getting in that water tank on the roof, looking for a place to hide from someone right. that may or may not actually be chasing you. I mean, but, but then again, given the proximity to Skid Row, there very well could have been somebody actually and trying also, to chase her. But also with the, again, this is why this was such a fun thing to talk about when it came out. It's such an interesting con- uh, topic of conversation. Was because, again, we could also say, like, well, why didn't she have her clothes on? Why were they also in the tank or nearby? They were in the tank. They were in the they tank. They were also in it. So, like, did she get in and then take her clothes off? Or does she get her clothes off and throw them really into the tank? It would be really hard to get into the tank with your clothes on. Right. Is the thing that bothers me about it. Well, it would be hard to get into the tank with your clothes on and then take them off while you're in the That's water. That's what I'm saying. Because it's a big tank and it should have had too much water in it to stand on the bottom. Right. So, I mean, imagine being in a swimming pool and trying to actively take all your clothes off. But it could also be a situation and, you know, that maybe she got in and she was having trouble swimming. So she with her clothes on clothes off might help it make it easier for her to swim. Yeah, there's 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 so many. Yes. Again, any number of explanations for these details that we got. And we're we're doing it right now. We're we're doing the thing that led to all these wild theories about what exactly happened to Elisa Lamb because there is so much that we just don't know. Because we know what happened to her. She was in a tank and she drowned. Right. That's what we know. That's all we know. We just don't know what happened from the moment she walked out of that elevator in the video to the moment that she she, got found. Right. Literally. So some proponents of the theory that that she was being chased um, say that she was under the influence of illicit drugs and not dissuaded by the abs. They're not dissuaded by the absence of the toxicology screen. They suggest that they might have broken down during the period of time in which her body was decomposing in the tank. Real quick. Mm -hmm. That's not how drugs work. I know. I'm just saying. I'm just reading. Like we can figure out what men had for lunch from a peat bog from thousands of years ago. They can figure out what you took last Mm -hmm. night, you know. Um, or even a week ago. Some people say that they, that she may have taken a rare cocktail of drugs that are not that a normal tox screen wouldn't have detected. Um, Possible, yeah. I guess. The Again, th- Skid Row, right there. Yeah. Every drug that you have heard of, and Might ten have been more fentanyl. that you haven't heard of. Probably not. Um, <laughs> the very low level of prescription drugs in her system and the amount of pills left in her prescription bottle suggested more that she was under medicating. Or had recently stopped taking her medication for bipolar disorder, which might have led to a psychotic episode. Which I want to clarify is the most likely yeah, that's the yeah, situation razor. here. Yeah. Is that yeah, exactly. I quote Occam's razor all the time. I, I got really excited the other night because I found out there's other razors. <laughs> there's uh, there's other razors. 
Um, First of all, what? Second of all, I'm looking it up when I get home. Right, uh, Occam's razor. Uh, That's the th- simple explanation. One right. is usually the correct one. Right. There's um. There's other sayings. I don't have the rest of them memorized. I'm gonna but there, look them there up. There are other razors. Yeah, I'm gonna look them. I'm gonna slip them into conversation. My girlfriend was so freaked out because I'm in the living room. Like, hey, babe, there's other razors. She had no idea what was going. <laughs> no on. No idea. I mean, <laughs> honestly, to be fair, if you had said there's other razors before we had said the phrase Occam's razor, I would have been like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, <laughs> of course there are. There's. There's tons of them. There's different kinds and all. So the autopsy report and its conclusions were also questioned based on the incomplete information. For instance, it does not say what the results of the rape kit and fingernail kit were, or even if they were uh, processed. Okay. So there's questions that it wasn't completely investigated. Which oh. I, I don't know, because her, feel- her being missing was a massive deal for the police it be, it got huge media attention right off the bat long before they found her body so i have to believe that sheerly for pr i will never underestimate the incompetence of a police force in dealing with a sensitive thing like this cuz it happens all the time we've talked about it too many times on the podcast already mm-hmm. but simply for the sake of their own pr i have to believe that they took the proper steps right. here not only that but I feel like this must be the type of case that investigators come across maybe 35, 40% of the time. And like that they know like this is the most likely explanation was this. That's probably what happened. We're, we're good. Like they don't think about it as hard as we do sometimes. Right. Like, right. like their job is to investigate. So of course they're going to be better at it faster than you are, you right. know? And so like, of course they were like, yeah, here's all these reports, here's these things. The most likely explanation is that this and this is what we've got down and there's no reason to do anything else. Like, that's probably, that has to be the case, right? I would imagine, yeah. It has to be. Like, they have to be like, either it's, no, 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 you don't understand. Our investigation shows that the most likely explanation is that she had a psychotic break because of some combination of factors and ended up in this thing for some reason. Under her own power, probably. Like, that's that's our official stance. And we are done. What and like, happened... we all thought, but all these random details. Right. Like... Right. And that that's kind of what happened with it, is this was... There, there's a lot of cases, like the one that springs to mind first is uh, Amanda Knox. There's been a lot of cases mm-hmm. that have been trial by media, mm-hmm. where the media gets a hold of it, and you essentially end up with the public deciding what's true and what's false when they're not nearly qualified to do so. And you have something similar that happened with this case because it's what we call, you know, like the internet sleuth community. Yeah. They got a hold of it and they started investigating it and they don't fucking know what they're talking about. So they're like, Oh, it was, she was playing the elevator game or, Oh, it was a, it was a ghost or it was, it was all connected to to the government plan TB outbreak. One of the reasons that I actually, stopped with the internet with social media mm-hmm. so much is because like because i used to be very online like literally around this time was mm-hmm. when i was the last time i was like involved in like reddit threads and stuff and like i stopped being a very online person because of like trolls 
mm-hmm. that will always, no matter what the subject is, they will always pop up. They're always fifteen, and they're always, yep. they're like smart fifteen year olds, but they think that it is fun to do things like say a fact, quote unquote, a fact in a thread about something that's a little bit spooky or a little bit not quite conforming to our ideas of how a story should go, such as this Emily, Emily, uh, Elisa, Elisa lamb case. And so like, I just have to imagine that some fucking shitty 15 year old was like, I know how to use good grammar and syntax. I'm going to tell people that it's confirmed that this woman, Elisa, Elisa, Elisa lamb was playing the elevator game. Right. And this Reddit thread will believe me and propagate that for me. Yep. Right. And then and then you have, you know, fifteen year old trolls that are spreading false information about something that really happened when mm-hmm. really they're smart kids who just needed to like I don't take a they, fucking improv class. Like <laughs> imp- get a creative writing class. You right. Know? Something. The last thing I'm gonna mention is that there are actually people who believe that somehow uh Elisa Lamb's death uh has something to do with the 2005 Jennifer Connelly movie, Dark Water. What? In that movie, Connelly plays a single mom who moves into a rundown apartment with her young daughter. As the film progresses, black water begins to drip from the ceiling of her apartment, and ghostly occurrences begin to happen. The plot reveals that a little girl who had been neglected and left to fend for herself had ended up falling into the apartment's water tanks. That was in when two, was this? 2005. And when was this death? 2013. And yet somehow they're connected. And so the theory that but we end up I, with this is that this somebody is tried to copy that. Somebody tried to create that thing that they saw in a movie. This is why I ask is because, again, I personally believe, based on the amount of my life that I have dealt with you know, myself and other people with mental health conditions that are either bipolar or similar to it, in various ways. I personally believe probably she had a psychotic breakdown because she wasn't taking enough of her medication and she got hit with some stress and her brain freaked out on her like our brains tend to do sometimes. And she ended up swimming around in this tank for whatever reason, for whatever reason. Again, you know, when you're, when your mental health is bad, it does crazy shit to your brain. So for whatever crazy brain reason, she was in the, in the tank. And I don't mean crazy derogatorily. I just mean like, Crazy as in, like, crazy frog, like, random. Random brain problems happen. Malfunctions. Malfunction brain. And I think that these these details are what we all latched on to, like we were saying. And, like, probably that's the most simple explanation. It's probably the one, like we were saying, Occam's Razor. It's yep. probably the one. Um, and I... Th- what the fuck was this is what ADHD does too. Is oh, I started dude. the sentence and I fucking forgot. If a sentence goes on too long, it's lost me. Yeah. Yeah. What were you talking about that made me think about this? The movie. Oh, right. Yeah, Dark Water. Thank you so much. That this is probably the simplest explanation is that that happened randomly with no outside influence or whatever for this uh, Elisa Lamb. Right. Dark Water being a movie about a situation that is I could think of that. You know, a writer would think of a situation like that. You've read Stephen King. Yeah. And like uh yeah, some a body being caught up there, especially if it being a kid, that's a very popular horror concept is dead children. Yeah. Come on. Because it bothers you. Yeah. Because yeah. it bothers adults. 
and kids because it's a dead kid. Yeah. Makes sense. The problem is, is when people like that troll on fucking fake Facebook or yep. YouTube was like, oh, Dark Waters was a prediction of what is going to happen to Emily Lamb or Elisa Lamb Elisa or whatever. Lamb. Uh, Elisa Lamb. And, you know, some troll is like, yeah, Dark Waters predicted this. It's just like those Simpson prediction videos. It's like, right. Simpsons predicted Trump. It's like, no, they didn't. They were like, who's a crazy person? <laughs> Donald Trump. What's the craziest thing he could do with his money? Be president. Well, yep. that should happen. Okay, it's a concept that you can get behind. Jeff, if Jeff Bezos becomes president, don't be surprised. Just be like, oh damn, Jeff Bezos had a oh fuck ton of money God. and wanted a lo- lot of political power. That will finally like, confirm that we do in fact live in the darkest timeline. Well, <laughs> don't say that because Hitler became president. Yeah, Fuhrer, excuse me, whatever. I don't respect him. I have an instant headache thinking of Jeff Bezos running for president. Uh, maybe, I mean, think worse, Elon Musk. Like, come on. Uh, I don't think he was born in the U.S. Uh, maybe not. Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg. Jesus any, Christ, any stop it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm done with this line of thought. Hey, even Oprah or The Rock would make bad presidential candidates. So oh, yeah. don't think I'm coming for the righties only. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds would be a good president. No, he's, he wouldn't. He'd be a fun president. He'd be fun. He'd be fun president, yeah. yeah. But he's also Canadian, so it doesn't count. Yeah. Damn it! Yeah, he would make a good president then. So that uh, that's pretty much the story of Elisa Lam and the elevator game. Yeah, again, um, don't conflate her death with, like, fucking supernatural. Yes, there is a legitimate, if you are the type of person that's into true crime, true, true crime, it's a legitimate, fun conversation to talk about all the theories about whether she was being chased or not or whatever. Especially with it being near Skid Row. Right. But do not conflate that shit with supernatural reactions because that is, di- that's like a one level too high of disrespect. It's like, right. yes, if you're the type of person you're like, I'm studying this like a case and I'm having fun conversations with my friends about, we're theorizing about how crimes can happen. That's one thing. As long as you understand at the end of the day that you aren't qualified to come yes. up with a genuine conclusion to something right. that a multi-million dollar organization you're allowed to have as many conversations and come up with what you think happened as often as you want but you are not the investigator you didn't right. go to school or you didn't get trained for it you know what i'm saying like my cousin is a detective she had to go to college to get that job so i, right. I don't care how long you've been on internet sleuth forums, you're just not on the same level as uh, a you know twenty year experienced detective that worked on a cases like this for the yes. rest of his life and still couldn't come to a a proper clear cut solution that they could give to the media about what happened to Elisa Lamb. For carheads, let me put it this way: the investigators that worked on this case are like. That mechanic in your town who's been there the whole since before you were born and he knows how to fix any car you bring him versus us on the internet talking about all these theories. We're the motherfucker at advanced auto parts that doesn't have a high school diploma. Right. Like you <laughs> the know guy who's saying? only qualified to come out with the to little search machine on a and computer. test your uh, car battery for right. him. That's He's the only qualified of his to work a screwdriver literally. Like, yes. like, and even then, sometimes you have to question. And I'm not, you know, right. I have friends that do work at places like that that are like, you know, legitimately car heads. They're people right. that are, yeah, sure, th- I get that. But I'm talking like, you know, 
the teenager behind the register who walked in because he's a sophomore in high school and needed for a J for the job program or what that kid does not know what the fuck he's talking about. And you and I and all these other people on the internet, that's who we are. Like yeah. in terms of murders. <laughs> Unless you are an actual uh twenty year experienced detective who's listening to this show, in which case why? Yeah, what are you <laughs> doing? Are we fun? Is that, is I, that I fun hope you for think you? we're fun? So we got some good news. The next episode of Two Towns Over, there is no well, there is murder, but <laughs> I don't think they'd be listening to this podcast if there wasn't murder in it. Well, okay, so it there's no unsolved crime. Oh, okay. how's that? I we do are like actually, solved crimes. Yeah, I know, but we've we've done a lot of those recently. So next week we're gonna go straight urban legend, supernatural, and we're gonna be discussing Bloody Mary. Ooh. The queen of the urban legends. Yep. And this was years ago. Yeah. Literally years ago. This is the first one we talked about that and, we wanted to do. And yep. it, yeah, right. It's got very cool things that we, we, I can't wait to go into and I don't want to oh, get yeah. I don't want to start now, but it's yeah. got very cool things that we can talk about scientifically that propagate that myth. Oh yeah, I love the That's the part yeah. that I yeah. love about mm-hmm. Bloody Mary too. You follow us on Facebook. Facebook, Facebook especially. I think I pay the most attention to Facebook when I manage the social media stuff, but uh also, in Instagram, Twitter, follow us there, too. Uh, we post updates when we upload the episodes, which, if you've been listening so far, Sunday's at noon, yep. when you're going to get your new Except for Two one Towns surprise over. one that came out last week at midnight, because I didn't click right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, that was done. It was intended. It was yes. a special 12-hour early surprise. There you go. Surprise. Yes. It was you're a welcome. Present. You're yes. welcome. And, of course, if you have an urban legend that you know about that you want us to cover. I would love to hear about it. And I'm going to, I haven't mentioned this idea. I'm going to pitch it to you right now. Cut this out. If you don't like no, it, keep it on the podcast. We need <laughs> if I, I, I would love for us to do an episode about small town, urban legends that nobody outside of that small town has heard. So oh, if yeah. you, if your small town has, you know, uh, a, a creepy house that was down the lane. That, yeah, if that you've you got a woman who these... was your town witch, but right. like, but like uh, one step more than that, because I don't want to hear about the lady that you th- was just old and you threw your ba- baseball in her yard one time. Right. <laughs> it's we we would love to hear your creepy stories from your town that uh, nobody else has heard of. And of course, if you if you send us one and we like it and we put it on the show, we will shout you out uh, by whatever name you want us to call you. If you're from um, Jersey and you send us the Jersey Devil, I will I will I will fly to Jersey and beat <laughs> your ass. You're going to fight someone from Jersey? Yeah. Shit. I'm from Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> No, yeah, message us that on Facebook, tweet it to us on Twitter, I think you can message, yeah, you can message our Instagram page, I, don't, I fucking manage our social media, we're getting to it, man, work. we're yeah. doing better than me and Donna it, did. Yeah. Get 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 at us at any of our social medias, tell us about your small town urban legend, one of my regulars at work told me about one that uh, I've tried to look into, there's nothing about it online, which is why, you know, I... <laughs> I because it was just a, it was an urban legend in that area. Everyone in that area knew about this urban legend, but nobody else in the world has ever That's heard of it. That's a true urban legend. Right. Yeah. I would love to do an episode where we compile a bunch of those, but I need you guys to send them to us. By the way, if you know anyone who's 32 and doesn't listen to any true crime podcasts, send them our way. <laughs> we are literally trying to fill that niche. Yes. So- and we have a lot of followers on Facebook, but it's not 
translating to listeners. So listen more. Oh, listen also, more if you're one of the four the people out. on Facebook that has followed us but hasn't liked the page, why are you such a half-assed little bitch? <laughs> listen, man, I didn't want to click the fucking thumb. I'm sorry. Do, do them both. I don't oh. need a bunch of updates. I don't Hit want the, the fucking updates, bell. Dog. Can I can I let you in a little secret? Smash that, that like button. I haven't liked our page. Smash. Gone. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, hey, I don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a situation. As an admin, I get updates when it's updated anyway, so why do I need to follow it? Well, for the metric, man. For the numbers. Numbers no, count. When they matter. Numbers go up, give the, Josh serotonin. For the, <laughs> For the algorithm. <laughs> All right, guys. So on that note, we're going to wrap it up because everything is about to die. And uh, <laughs> I've been done. I haven't. <laughs> I also have not. And we'll talk to you next time. Have a good night. Bye. Bye.